0: Welcome to Kingdom Testimony. This is Lisa and today is April 11th, 2022, uh, Monday. So where we left off, uh, I have in. it was the first week of October. Um, We're picking up today on October 8th and I remember I was going to talk about as doves to the roost. And as a matter of fact, I was just talking with a friend of mine on text or email. Well, it was text until I dropped my phone about an hour ago and shattered the screen. So that's fun. And um, packing tape makes a good screen protector so that you don't slice up your finger. Um, On that note, so, on email, I was emailing her about Isaiah 60, verse 8. Who are these that fly as a cloud and as the doves to their windows? And there's, there's an interesting thing that um, I ran across during this time. So, it is funny. I forgot that I ended off there, but... Um, there was a, a group of ladies, and they were called the Ladies of the Golden Candlestick. And it was in the 1940s and 50s, I believe. Frances Metcalfe was the lady who led this company of people. And it was mostly women from the church by invite only. And they would have heavenly encounters uh, they would spend like three or four nights a week, six to seven hours at night after they put their kids to bed, worshiping in her basement. And they started having encounters, and they were being, I don't know this might sound wild, but it went on for 20 or 30 years, and they were being translated either. Up to heaven or to other countries, and they were influencing the world. So, take that for for what you will. But James Maloney wrote um, compiled their experiences, and it was it took three volumes. So it's the Ladies of the Golden Candlestick. If you want to check that out, or you can just type in the Dove Company, and is it Craig Shaw has a blog post on it. Very interesting. But anyway, that's what was going on. October 8th, I wrote, um, the Lord was speaking and he said, have you seen what I am doing in the earth? And in my life, I could see revival, like in my personal life. He said, do you think the world is paying attention? And I said, no, I do not. And he said, they are paying attention my doves are and it was interesting because the day before i had just been looking at the stuff with isaiah 60 doves to the roost and then he said my child i am to discuss many things with you you are hearing me in your spirit your spirit witnesses with the holy spirit i am spirit I speak to you for your edification. Now I'm just reading this, I have not previewed this. I'm reading as I go. Um, So I don't know what it's gonna say until I'm reading it now. Lisa, you have known me a long time. You have known my voice a long time. By fasting and watching what you eat, I will be clearer to you. But he said you would not. And I'm like, yes, I do have very much a problem with fasting. You will see if you follow my desires in your eating, you can fast every day by being selective. Doesn't mean you have to starve yourself. I'm saying no. You can, you can be selective. Um, dem- what's important is demonstrations of my love. I do all things. I bring all things to your remembrance, not to shake your faith, but to strengthen it. You want so badly to know your specific gift or anointing purpose. It is not yet time for you to be revealed. We are building intimacy and trust. Mutual trough. Trust. It's for strengthening my sheep know my voice. It's not for you to wonder whose voice you are hearing. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We are one. You are learning my heart. We all speak as one. It is okay to listen to certain prophets. You will not hear from me as they do. Different anointing. You notice in the night your anointing is stronger. I wish to have you hear me in the day as clear as in the night for the coming days. You will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. This is my, our voice. And then he said again, there is dark days coming. Oh, you trust me in everything. I see that and I love that. People's darkness depends on their walk with me thus far. I will, it will be a time of testing of my church. Joel 2, who can know it? There will be much panic. Um, let's see. In the spiritual, you already have all you need. That is already provided. Um, and then later, it was three o'clock in the morning, and I was praying, and the Lord said, I desire to be first, and I was aware of my guardian angel in the room beside my bed, Um, and then I had a vision that kind of pertained to, I found out later, my husband. Um, He had, and I'll just say it, he, he was having interactive dreams, and people can choose to do this. They can choose their dream life. And, and, and it will... Um, whatever you want to dream about, I can't remember what it's called, but, but you can direct those things into your dreams. And the Lord will step back. God will speak to you through your dreams if you want him to. But if you allow lasciviousness and other lustful thoughts into your dream life, that will choke him out. Desire is the direction of your affection, the Lord said. Okay. Um, It's time to open your eyes. Be awake and alert. High alert. The times are evil. My desire is that you know my ways. All right. So now let's go on. These are the things that he was, that week that he was speaking to me so much. Um, The other things he was speaking to me about was personal. Personal. And then I woke up in the morning and there was a new song going through my head. And this had happened before. Um, Like a song would be going through my head and I don't know the song. This one was something about ready, holding his right hand, go through that open door. My children, are you ready to go through that open door? Are you ready? Holding his right hand to go through that open door, my children, are you ready? Holding his right hand to go through the open door. Okay, I'm trying to. I was writing it like in notes, like how, and I'm not gonna sing it, but are you ready? And I was trying to write it as I heard it. Um, and then he said again, "I desire intimacy." The disciples were intimate when they were walking with him. okay ah the father's heart holding my right hand the open door to freedom and then i did a study and of course i was on revelations three i know your works behold i have set before you an open door and no man can shut it for you have little strength and have kept my word and have not denied my name this is the philadelphian church He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit speaks to the churches. Okay, and then in the next the next days, I'm talking about the offer we put in on the house because we were getting a house out in the country. We were going to take temporary guardianship. Um, the Lord is talking about sifting, keeping my eyes fixed on him. Um... Um, Regarding the time of sifting, he was talking about as the sifting takes place, you won't be able to trust anyone. And I knew he was talking about like the last, last days. This will be followed by times of intense prayer and travail, such as never been seen before. Um... And then once again, I sensed my guardian angel in the room, spread her wings, I said, and shield me from evil in the room by the door and blocked it. Oh, I could feel evil in the room. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> I noticed that God's presence seems to be on the right, and when I can sense the angel he or she, I write she, is on the left. And I wrote she because I remember at this time, and I don't see where I made a note of it, but I i had a vision of this angel's face or head, and it was kind of foggy. And he or she had blonde hair that was mid-length, and I don't know why, I just sensed it was a she. I don't know. Okay, so now we are getting ready to go to our trip um, to Israel. October 12th, I had a vision. A little black-haired girl, curly-haired, she throws a hug around Jesus' neck. He's bending down, and I wrote, Joyous Homecoming so during all this time when the Lord was requiring so much time prayer time intimacy I was as you can assume I was not 100% present for my husband at the time and and I'm not going to, um, you know, apologize for that. When the Lord requires something of you, you do it, and you know that His perfect will will take care of everything. Um, But at this time, my husband was, uh, he was managing some truck routes, and he decided or said he needed to be in a truck a lot, so he was gone a lot. And this, I think he did that just for me to like, either she's going to get this out of her system or, or what, you know. Um, and I could spend a lot, a lot of time with the Lord during this time. Um, okay. So I just forwarded to um, a few a few days in, and it's it's kind of the same thing going on. I'm doing a lot of studying and a lot looking up people on YouTube, things like that, confirming some of the things that the Lord has been telling me, not that I don't believe him, but because he doesn't mind if we do that, look into things further. Um, And then at this point, you know, they had rejected our offer on that house and we went back and forth and the Lord kept telling me, no, that's your house and it's ready. Do you believe me? So we waited a few days and then we reinitiated talks with the guy who had the house and he gave us one last chance to put in a counter offer. Um, It's not that we were trying to swindle a dime you know, out of the offer or anything like that. It's just that the house wasn't livable and they were asking for a price as if it was, you know, a fully refurbished house. It was It was just one of those things. He was an elderly gentleman. And so we just had to go through that process. Um, then the Lord said, do you believe me when I said your house is ready? And I said, yes. October 16th, I opened Uh, 5 a.m. When I woke up, I heard when the first bomb goes off, flee to the north country. And then he said, Fargo is not safe. And what he meant is that the big cities are not safe for when the first bomb goes off. I don't know what he was talking about. There was, um, we weren't, there was no like wars or anything going on at the time. But he said to flee to the North Country. Now at the time when we were living by Fargo, the North Country was that property that we had up by the Canadian border. Where I'm living now, I'm north of the city, any cities right now. So I feel safe for that. Um, And then October 16th, I said we leave today to go to Minneapolis to catch our flight to Israel. So now, what is going to be going on here? Um, Oh, I had watched a prophetic guy and he said, Russia will bomb America. And there will be three major earthquakes in the United States. And the Lord said, Lisa, I have to do this. And I said, yes, Lord, I know. Why not, America? We've sinned wickedly against you. I believe we are Mystery Babylon. Just look at, oh, whatever, and stuff that I, whatever. And he said, nothing else matters. Okay, so, and this was, what, three and a half years ago? Um, we are coming up to the time of our visitation. And then America is coming to the day of their perplexity soon. Micah 7, 4. The best of them is as a, as a briar. The most upright is sharper than a thorn hedge. The day of your watchman and your visitation comes. Now shall be their perplexity. And I wrote, we can't face our sin. It's so bad we can't admit it. We know we are idolaters and blasphemers and materialistic. We compare ourselves to our neighbor an enemy. If we hold ourselves up to God's light, what would we see? Do we even know his standard? Did we ever? Then um, the Lord just kept telling me, eyes wide open. People will long for the former simpler days. Look up, he said. All right, and since there's only 10 minutes left, I'm just gonna quickly go through um, what we did on the Israel trip. Um, and I'm just gonna gonna go on my quick notes. It's a weird sound outside. It's super windy. Um, the first day we went to the Mediterranean Sea sounds like a jet right over the top of my head Um, and I had a vision this is October 19th sorry for all the clicking but I I don't want to bore you with the whole thing so I'm only going to give you the visions that I saw while I was on the Israel trip and tell you where we were so we were at the Mediterranean Sea the first day Um, I had a vision of God's bird's eye view The bumps on a Bible cover in red. Zooming in, coming down, down, down. Then the clouds, through the clouds, to the earth and onto the people. It is us, the color and the texture. Okay, day two, we were in Philippi, Caesarea. Day three, we went to the Jordan. Did a baptism in Shiloh. The next day, I had two visions. Let me find those. Okay. I had a bird's eye view vision again of Jesus walking the hills, entering towns, crowds following him. That's pretty cool. And then another one, I see, I was seeing Jesus walking on the water at the Sea of Galilee, extending his his hands to Peter. Peter had boldness, and then I heard the Lord say, How often you have asked me for boldness. Let your spirit roam, my spirit roams, the fullness of me, the son listening for the Father, the spirit roaming like the wind, all the attributes of my likeness, the attributes of the disciples, ask, seek, knock, search. After that, we went to the Mount of Olives. We went to the Garden of Gethsemane and to the tomb. We went to Bethlehem. We went to the Spring of G- Gihon. David's City. The Temple Model, the Wailing Wall. The Muslim Quarter and the Jewish Quarter where me and my sister lost my husband. He got lost. It was packed. There was Arabs and they that were like... Didn't have anything good intentions for the Christians that were in any of these. We were with um, the uh, Passion Translation tour. My sister had set us up with. I had no idea who Brian and Candace Simmons were. I didn't know anything about the Passion Translation, but my sister did, and she had got us set up. And there was two hundred of us. There was four buses of fifty people, and he gets lost in the city of Jerusalem in these um, tourist quarters. I was just like, how, how, how does this happen? Okay, so then let me go on. Oh, and then we went to the garden tomb and they were praying for healings. And that was really neat um, oh I had a vision okay let me, re- let me find this one on, on the 25th of October this is right before we went to Jericho Dead Sea uh, Jordan River again um, and that would have been to the Dead Sea Scrolls area Qumran but right before that okay let me find that Okay, there was actually two tourists, or two um, two visions that I had back-to-back. The first one, there was a guy, he was dressed very nicely, kicking back at a table with acquaintances who really don't know him in the main section of a restaurant. And he's, leaning back arrogantly and he says look at those tourists and he is arrogant and sure and then it switches to a vision now I I had this in my mind that this was the young antichrist I don't know why I thought this but at in 2018 this was a young man and this was the young antichrist okay that's just what I thought and then it switches to people running through a lobby across a shiny marble floor. <clears throat> you hear a lady scream, and they're looking behind them. They're glancing back as they flee to get out of the way of the destruction that's coming of biblical proportions. You can see through the large glass window panes that there is an earthquake happening. It's a large earthquake. Uh, earthquake large as one or two stories of the building so that that was like a two-part vision and then on um, October 26 was the last day we were there so we were gone for like 10 or 11 days but this was the coolest thing that happened. There were so many really memorable things that happened and I'm going to have to go back through my notebook. It's There's quite a, quite a bit, of course, I was writing furiously, so some of it's hard even to read because, and I won't even try. Um, but when we were at, on the last day, there was, we could have the choice of what the final tourist thing would that you wanted to do. Well, we chose, me and my husband chose Hezekiah, Hezekiah's Tunnel, and my sister went with another group somewhere else. And Hezekiah's Tunnel goes from the Kidron Valley. King Hezekiah, of course, built, you know, dug this tunnel so that they wouldn't get cut off from water, from the supply of water to the temple or to the king's house, either one, King David's area. And so this tunnel is cut through the rock. And it's maybe about six feet, seven feet tall. And if you stick your elbows out from side to side, you're getting close to reaching the sides. Now I'm extremely claustrophobic, but um, everybody just raved about this particular thing. So I was like, okay, all right, okay, God be with me. I won't freak out and panic and we will go. So we got there, and then you walk down into... You're walking underneath the earth. It's very creepy, very scary. Uh, not creepy so much, but scary. And so you walk down, and there's water. And sometimes the water's up to your knees. Most time, it's up to your ankles. And that reminds me of Ezekiel 42, is it? But anyway, um, the water's coming out from under the throne. But the waters are really clear. And so we walked down in, and the water was just a little bit above her ankles, and this lady was there, and she's like, I have a bunch of extra globe bracelets. Does anybody want some? Because it's dark in there. You have to use your phone. It's pitch black. And so I was like, yes, yes, yes. So I tied or hooked a globe bracelet around my ankle, and then Kevin was behind me, my husband, and he had one, I think, around his shirt somewhere. And then the girl in front of me, um, she, I had given her one and I didn't really know who she was. Her name was Victoria. So we're walking through this tunnel. It takes a half an hour to walk in pitch black, but everybody's got their phones. And so we're walking and every, you can hear people talking and we're all about like, I don't know, I'd say six feet apart. We're all social distancing. Huh? And every now and then I'd look back at my husband and, you know, he's good. This, is, this doesn't faze him at all. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. You know, and we are get about halfway through and the girl in front of me, Victoria, she turns around and she's probably like in her 30s. She looks at me and she's like, I don't think I can do this. <laughs> I wasn't, I was trying not to look around and like think about where I was and how trapped we were and all of this kind of thing. but I'm looking at her like, we have to, excuse me. I'm looking at her and I'm thinking, no, no dear, we have to do this. You don't understand. You can't go backward. You have to go forward. You have to keep going. And I was like, are you going to be okay? And she said, I don't know. And she was starting to freak out. And we were in the middle of about 20 to 30 people so you can't just break into a run screaming and freaking out you know that would just set off a panic everywhere so i was like um do you maybe we should sing i don't have a good singing voice as you already hear, i sound like a chicken even when i'm talking sometimes but i said maybe we should sing let's sing a worship song i said what what is your favorite worship song? And she she said the one that we were singing a couple of days before when we were at the garden tomb, when they had gathered all 200 of us, all four buses together. And they got all 200 of us together and we were all worshiping at the same time under this pavilion by the tomb. You could see the tomb just down the hill. It was just so unbelievably touching it was like the other time when we were at the jordan river worshiping and doves were circling our group that was cool but anyway um so i said well okay let's let's sing that song And i'm like my voice is so bad you know and so i just started singing it and then she started singing it okay i found it in my notes (laughs) um <clears throat> October 26th halfway through she sa- she looks back and she says pray for me with fear in her eyes I placed a hand on her shoulder and prayed that she w- that fear would be removed and the Lord would give her strength and I asked her what's her favorite worship song and she said hallelujah hallelujah the spontaneous worship lord we love you praise you jesus holy spirit alternate she sang loudly i can't, i don't remember that song so then i started i started breathing deeply and i prayed lord let her breathe deeply it helped me maybe it will help her and i made sure my cell flashlight was on so then <clears throat> i started singing it with her and then it just it was so neat it reverberated in front of her to the end of the line and from my husband back to the beginning or to the other end of the line and all of us like 30 people are walking through hezekiah's tunnel worshiping in acoustic it was so beautiful it was so beautiful um and then after when we got done out of there she was hugging me and thanking me and she said that the the Lord was telling her, take deep breaths, take deep breaths. And I told her that that's what I was praying when we were out there. So the Lord was definitely working um, between us so that she wouldn't freak out. It was, To me, it was the most memorable time of, that, of the whole trip. It was just so cool. Um, but then... <clears throat> As we came back, we went to Ben-Gurion Airport and um, and then we got home. And this was the end of October and I will finish the end of October. October 29th, they had a vision of an olive tree and there was an axe at the base. And the Lord said, I will bring Israel to its knees. And then I saw a light, like a flashlight beacon. It flashed twice above my left eye. I woke up one morning and I could feel Jesus was looking directly at me. And then, oh, let me find this one. Okay, October 31st, vision of inside of the tomb. It was pitch dark. It fades to light like sunrise. And I wrote in here, was this when you were coming out? The peach to tan faded to a colored sky, the very beginning of the dawn. The stone had just rolled away. He was just raised and coming out into the day. Resurrection life. That's so cool. So I was seeing kind of like inside of the tomb. That's so cool. So that's the end of October. We had just gotten home. And um, I'm going to... End it there. Um, we'll pick it up on November first, um, and I just want to reiterate: I am not anybody special. The year, cho- the year chosen by the Lord for me, for Him to show me things, was 2018, and. Through it, there was a lot of difficulty in my marriage. Troubles at my job. um, Troubles with my family, siblings. I wasn't able to come and see my kids, hardly at all, except that time that I literally just had to get in my car and drive away. Like, no, I will go and see my kids and grandkids. Um, And then during all that time... um, we were going through issues with his grandkids that we were going to get temporary guardianship of. There was just a lot of turmoil. So the Lord came to me at a time in my life where there was turmoil on every side. Not to mention, you know, the stuff going on with my husband. We were moving. We, like, moved three times that year. And so it was a very, very you know calming for me to him for him to show himself to me in that way i had been a Christian a long time but I had not experienced the Lord in such an intimate manner and he chose that year to do that so um but I had been praying for years to have a really close intimate walk with him to see a lot more visions and dreams and he just picked 2018 as like okay let's let's do it this year So I'm nobody special. These are just the things that he showed me. And so I want to share them with you and the world as part of my testimony. So until next week, this is Kingdom Testimony. This is Lisa, and I pray that you are very, very blessed.